Today is an auspicious day. Today I gotta do. Today I gotta do the Ravens and the Washington Knicks. Um, I, all right. Well, we'll start with the Knicks. Knicks. No, we'll start with the, the Ravens. We'll start with the Ravens. Ah, was the, uh, that, that's what I said. We'll start with Ravens. Um, Edgar Allan Poe's Ravens. That's what they. Because uh, Maryland. All right. So uh, they had a, an interesting draft. I think th- this has been a lot of people have called this one of the best drafts, if not the best draft this year. Uh, I would not go so far as to say that. Uh, I know I'm a little, uh, what would you say, biased, but still, still, hang on. Stick with me here. Uh, I think it was a great draft. I think it is definitely top five, top ten draft. I think, it, so first off, go right off the bat, Patrick Queen, LSU, uh, great linebacker. Uh, if you are, He is probably the best coverage guy outside of Isaiah Simmons. As far as like he has a good feel for his own coverage, uh, we saw him make plays in the LSU game. He kind of came on late last year. As far he kind of came on late in this draft process, right? Like usually you're going into January and and uh, February, you've already know these guys are going to be draft picks. And honestly, people didn't know that Patrick Queen was going to declare until he declared, and until after the 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 Clemson game where he he did really well. He played again, you know, when he. Uh, so he played really well in that game, kind of gave him a little bit of a name for himself in the, the college football playoffs. So everybody kind of peeked into him, and then they were they started looking at his tape because nobody really paid attention to him. And they went, wow, wait a second, this guy knows how to play. He's actually a pretty good coverage guy. He knows what he's doing. So, okay, that was, uh, that was their first-round pick. And I don't know if they actually thought he was going to be there, right? Uh and because he wasn't the first linebacker off the board, even, I I think that was the pick that a lot of people hold as the crux of this draft. I will say this: he was probably the best positioned player at that spot, right? Like they weren't getting a Chase Young at twenty eight; they were getting like either you're not getting a position of value, but you're getting a very good player at that position. So, for instance, linebacker is not a position of value unless they are very good at coverage. He's not to the Isaiah Simmons level of coverage, but he's he's really good. He, he's pretty good. He, he's going to be good in zone. You're going to have to, you know, you got to coach him up. Still, he's not. He wasn't a top ten player. I think a lot of people kind of overrate what he was valued as as far as a linebacker goes. So, I, again, not really a high position of value. Played pretty well and does some of the things you want for a high paid linebacker to do and they need to replace uh, CJ Mosley. I actually thought their target was Kenneth Murray, the guy who went to the Chargers. So, uh, I was a little shocked by uh, him going before Patrick Queen cuz I thought Patrick Queen depending on what you wanted to do, those two guys had very different skill sets. But nonetheless, good pick. I like the player. Uh, let's go to to round 2. JK Dobbins, right? Ohio State. Uh, there's been a lot made about this pick, right? Uh, running back in the second round, which I didn't know it was against the rules to take a running back in the second round now. I thought it was strictly the first round. Now you're getting a lot of people saying you're not supposed to take a running back in the second round, which, hey, if you want to hate on the Ravens for taking one of the like one of the top five backs in this class who were all really good running backs, by the way, uh, I don't know. Like I, I personally actually like the player. I like the pick. Uh, I watched his tape. Really good pass blocker. Uh, good out of the shotgun, good running uh, outside zone. Uh, 
honestly, when I was saying he's a good pass blocker, I mean, when I watched his tape, he looks like a sixth off. Like, he was pass blocking so much at Ohio State, he looked like he was a sixth offensive lineman half the time. So, like, he was pass blocking a lot. So that's how he got really good at it. He's a decent pass catcher. Not super, like, not like DeAndre Swift in a lair level, but good. Like, he's going to be fine. Uh, actually, his comp is probably Mark Ingram to some extent, who he's going to be sharing a backfield with. Uh, they were surprised he was there. He was surprised. He didn't think they'd be interested in him. It was kind of that thing where you have that girl that you're into, but you don't think she's into you, and she's into you, but you don't think she's in, you're into her. Like, and then all of a sudden you're, you're at a party and you make out and then you're like, oh, I like you. And you're like, I like you. All right. Well, that, there we go. We got J.K. Dobbins. That's how it went with the Ravens. I say we, not as in me. I say we as in the royal we. Uh, so, yeah, they thought he was going to go in the top 25 to 30, so they didn't put a lot of effort really into vetting him. And, again, it kind of makes sense because you look at the running backs in this class, then you could do a lot of work. We're going to talk about how their process went. Uh, you know, I, I've made a very big point through all these uh, these videos to talk about how they really made an effort to call a lot of these schools, right? They made an they, they really spoke to their connections, and especially even with the, L, uh, with, uh, the Ravens, they really made an effort of pointing out they went for the big five, you know, power five schools specifically. They really liked, um, you know, like the, the ones that you're well known for, Ohio State, you know, J.K. Dobbins, LSU, Patrick Queen. You know, they went for the ones that had, like, some name qualities to them. So uh, they thought he was a great player, and they said if a great player falls down the board, you know, this was an Ozzie Newsome thing that uh, that uh, uh, that, that kind of rings true still, is that if a great player falls down the board, they felt like they had to take him. Uh, Justin Matabuke was their other was one of their other uh, day two picks. They took him out of Texas A&M. They said, you know, to, they want to bring him in, have him in a good environment. He's going to learn, right? He's going to learn from Calais Campbell and Derek Wolfe and uh, Brandon Williams. They got a lot of D linemen. But these guys are getting older. Brandon Williams is getting older. Clay's Campbell's already kind of old, but he's very good. He's very, very good. They got him for a fifth-round pick and extended him, right? So they got this older D-line room, Derek Wolf. They were supposed to get Michael Brockers and said backed out on that deal because they said that he didn't pass the physical. So, uh, you know, they looked at this. They said, listen, we, we're going to get a young guy in that room. He's going to be explosive. We could have him in a, you know, a room with a bunch of vets and coach him up. Uh, you know, he's good at getting to the QB, causes pressure and hits, explosive, quick, twitchy, heavy-handed guy on leverage blocks. These are their words now. Works the edge really well. They're going to be able to utilize him all around the line of scrimmage. Uh, doesn't get moved a lot, so he's going to be pretty decent in the run game still. Uh, they went for Devin DuVernay, right, round three. Uh, wide receiver went pick 92, excited, because they thought when he got picked, right, so Devin DuVernay comes off the board, but th before he went off the board, who went before him? Devin Asiasi, who went to the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots had traded up to take Devin Asiasi. And, you know, Ravens were like, damn it, man, they took Devin. And then, like, somebody had to tell Harbaugh. It's like, no, no, they took Devin Asiasi, not Devin Duvernay. I'm like, oh, shoot, hit the hit the button. We want Devin Duvernay. So they took Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay is a, is a fast, uh, quick, like, kind of really good lineup in the slot guy, but they even made a point to say, listen, we don't do slot. We don't believe in that stuff. We ain't a part of that hanky-dinky-bee-ass. We don't fall into that whole slot outside. Then we, we utilize all different formations. Well, you you can't just, uh, what's it called, presume our formation. So, uh, no, but they like him. He's kind of built like a running back, very fast, very quick guy. 
uh, fits kind of like a Steve Smith senior role kind of deal. So I actually thought that was one of my more favorite picks, kind of how it fits in there. Uh, he was a favorite to Costa. Costa, the same guy, you know, D- the GM, you know, was the one who said, you know, a great player falls to your, you on the board. You know, you take him. Uh, again, this is kind of the, the spot where he said, listen, this guy's got a competitive, tough spirit, catches the ball really well. He's almost like a running back with the football. You want guys like that on your team. You, you, this guy can you throw the ball to him short and he can take it to the house. That's what you want. Good run after catch guy. I I actually am a little worried about him. Um, and then they went for uh, Malik Harrison out of Ohio State, uh, linebacker. Add to their linebacking cores. They went uh, got Patrick Queen earlier. Now they got Malik Harrison. A little bit different of a, a body type. Kind of more of a, a downhill thumper. Uh, and not really as high processor as what you, you know as what you would be expected, but very good linebacker nonetheless. Um, they went for Tyree Phillips out of Mississippi State, interior lineman. Uh, he was a senior bowl guy. Uh, they are going to probably move him inside to guard, play with, you know, they he played both at the senior bowl. He can transition. Uh, he's got to get work and compete for the position, but they said, listen, they liked him at the senior bowl. They kind of like what he can do. Uh, good people mover. Let's go ahead and grab him. Then they double up, right? Day three, they go ahead and get Ben Bredesen out of Michigan, uh, you know, Harbaugh already has an in with Michigan, his brother. As, and apparently his dad texted him and said, listen, man, you're going to love Bredesen. I'm like, Dad, why are you calling me about this? Not my brother worked there, not you. And like, listen, listen, man, I got to hang out. At the- listen, okay, so basically Bredesen's very good friends with Harbaugh's father. But apparently like, the, the compliments that he got were very good. Like, you will love this guy. He's no nonsense, all football, all the time. Also, his mom does the dog show, apparently. So. I, I, that was part of the interview I thought was kind of weird. He found out about the guy's mother through a dog show thing. Um, Broderick Washington, D-Tackle, was another day three pick. Actually, we'll just go ahead and list off the day three picks. Broderick Washington, James Prochet. They actually traded up for James Prochet. Uh, again, senior bowl, excellent hands, good play inside, kind of crafty, competitive dude. Uh, those are their words. And uh, Geno Stone. Uh, they liked his processing, good field safety, rolls up into the box, good picking up routes, uh, shows a feel for the QB, IDing run action quickly, and a uh, good feel for what's happening in front of him. So, interesting draft. Like, I honestly think this was a very – they doubled up at a lot of spots, and when they didn't – like, again, Geno Stone's a really interesting player, very good player, very uh, – I, I was kind of thinking he's more of a Patriots guy. I thought that was the guy the Patriots were going to target at some point. So – Again, this was a, you know, you look at it, you know, day two presser. Uh, some guys who felt that they felt like they had to pick. Uh, white off went, white outs went off the board quickly, but they got lucky when they got Duvernay. Um, on the day three co- uh, conference, they felt like they filled most of their holes outside of edge rusher, which kind of makes sense. Like that Actually, that's kind of still the issue with the Ravens, right, is that they don't really have a true edge rusher. Like, J- Judon kind of got a benefit out of a very heavy man coverage scheme and a lot of blitzing and stunts. So when you have all those things going on, like when you have that, w- when the scheme's working to your advantage as a pass rusher, yeah, you should be getting sacks and pressures. But he got he got the benefit of a lot of the things around him. That's not to say Judon's a bad player, but uh, and, and they franchise tag him, so they apparently do like him. But I felt like they were kind of like looking for other pieces to put there. Hopefully, that way they can either move on from him or do something next season, you know, regarding. And they just didn't seem to grab anybody like that. And it was a weird draft for pass rusher. Uh, you know, they felt like they got accomplished players, winners, guys who came from winning programs. 
Uh, they try to make the offense like undefendable, right? With Duvernay, they have not. Really, they were saying that was a it was a Harbaugh. And Deca- I don't remember which one who said it was DeCoster or Harbaugh. They said well, we want to make our offense undefendable, and uh, they still have a lot of work to do for that. But they felt like they were making moves, and these guys all have to get in the program and get to kind of you know know the playbook. But they felt like they were they they, they it's not undefendable yet. Um, they talked about the usage of the wide receivers. They don't have to show a slot. You know, they don't really truly have a true belief in that. Um, everybody plays inside and outside. Sneed, for example. Uh, Duvernay and Proche uh, can be used all over. Switch routes, snap motion, pre-snap motion. Uh, next year's draft also looks good. was part of uh, uh, w- which is why they were, like, accumulating picks for next year. Uh this, you know, they, they spoke to what this COVID situation did and forced them to do, right? It forced them to have to take a look at, uh, at, at tape. It forced them to strictly rely on the tape and then maybe talking to coaches because you weren't getting pro days to talk to these guys, right? Like, pro days are that, like, secret, like, formula of, hey, I get to spend a little bit of extra time. The senior bowl, I get to spend a little bit extra time. That's why they have these things, right? You're not allowed to just suddenly lock down 100 different players and try to have meetings in a two-month span. It's very hard to pull that off, so they limit it. And then it got even more limited with COVID. So you have no pro days. Uh, you know, you basically had the combine, which you didn't know you weren't going to have pro days after the combine, and you had the senior bowl. So that's why you saw a lot of senior bowl guys get picked, including here. Um, you know, they lost Marshall Yonda. He retired. Uh, Skura, I don't think they feel all that happy about uh, you know, he's coming off an injury. They gave him an original round tender, which meant he probably could have walked in free agency if somebody gave him an offer. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how they feel overall about this roster. They didn't seem like, yes, this is the complete deal, which, I mean, if you have a good team-building mentality, you walk into the room thinking you've got to keep building, right? They wanted competition. They wanted more guys there. That's why they got two, you know, interior offensive linemen to, to duke it out for the guard spots and the maybe even the center spot. So, uh, they you know they went after linebacker. They've kind of it's kind of been a position in need. I didn't really think linebacker would like because again you're seeing a lot of teams kind of devalue that position. But like I said before, Patrick Queen was good for the spot he was taken, 28th overall. I you know, linebacker might not be a huge value, but it's a good position if you get a good one. He seems like one that can be a good one. And he took him in the, you know, at the end of the first round. It, I thought that was a good pick. I actually thought, I thought their their first few picks were really good. I do think it's getting a little, and I love Devin Duvernay. I actually thought that was a really good pickup for him as well. Uh, the guard spots, I felt like they was a little late to wait, but there wasn't a really good interior O line class here, right? So it was the best guy was maybe Cesar Ruiz. Well, he went off the board way before they picked, and then. The next best guys were like, what, Hennessy? Well, you really only want to have him if you're running an outside zone scheme. Jonah Jackson I like. Uh, but, again, a lot of the, the players that you probably would have wanted uh, either had injury issues like Natani Mutai or maybe scheme question marks or maybe they were more pass protectors than they were run players. So, uh, overall, I thought it was a good draft. I thought they, were, they got a lot of value for their picks. There's a lot of good players that they picked up. Geno Stone's gotten a lot of hype. I think he's going to be uh, a good, you know, a replacement for Tony Jefferson, who they released in the offseason. Um, that running back room is going to be crazy, man. They got Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Justice Hill. I'm guessing one of those guys is probably not on the roster come day one. Uh, you got 
an interesting receiving core, right? You got Marquise Brown, the, the speed deep threat guy. You got Devin DuVernay and J uh, James Proche, you know, very versatile guys. I think Willie Sneed might not even be on the roster day one either. That's another guy who, if the, the contract fits, he might not be there anymore. I think, you know, there there is the aspect that there you have the veteran presence in the room. You know, there's some years where you have those kind of guys like James, Ho oh, not Chris Hogan last year on the Panthers, or, uh, you know, you'll, you'll every once in a while, I think it was like Juju, not Juju, um, Anquan Bolden was kind of that guy where you get like a receiver. You get a guy, a veteran in the room to kind of lead everybody off. The kind of like James, uh, uh, shoot, the guy who, James Jones, who used to be on the Packers. Like, again, you had another, you had an elder statesman to kind of help lead the team, help lead the, the, the young guys, if you will, to kind of show them how it's done. So that's kind of what I feel like Willie Sneed's role is on this team is the, the elder statesman. Uh, Chris Moore's still there. He's kind of been more of a special teams guy. Miles Boykin, man, this has got to be, you know, hopefully they get a step up from Miles Boykin. Well, hopefully on their end. Uh, you got Mark Andrews, right? He played really well. He's kind of been a, a big piece of their offense. Nick Boyle. Um, you know, and then you look at their offensive line, right? They got Ronnie Stanley, good tackle. Orlando Brown, good tackle. DJ Fluker, meh, guard. But a guard nonetheless who, uh, you know what? Uh, at least you have somebody there. I didn't. Even, I, I totally forgot that they had signed him. Uh, you had Matt Skura. You had uh, Bradley Bozeman. So it's going to be a competition for those that interior offensive line spot. Fluker's pretty decent. He's not horrible. He's going to be a serviceable guard. You're not replacing Yonda with any of these guys. So, and, uh, but I like Orlando Brown. I thought his fall was kind of sad. Uh, and now I'm glad he's popping up and being a good player. Uh. Again, I saw him before. Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams, Clayce Campbell, uh, Matt Judon, uh, Matt Abuke is going to be in that room now. It's going to be eh, – their defense played really well with the man coverage. They have Marcus Peters. They have Marlon Humphrey. They got Jimmy Smith. They don't have Brandon Carr, I don't think, anymore. No, I don't see him on here. Uh, they got. Uh, they just re-signed uh, Pernell McPhee, right? They brought him in. To, to play outside linebacker Jalen Ferguson, who they drafted last year, who's kind of who had a weird three cone situation going on. Um, this can be a very interesting team. I'm shocked they didn't go defensive back. There's just a part of me that thinks that they could have used another, you know, corner safety. Uh, because again, Earl Thomas is getting older. Yeah, they have Deshaun Elliott, who's not really that big of a deal. Uh, Marlon Humphrey's great. He, you know, they just exercised his fifth year option. Uh, Jimmy Smith's getting older. You know, he's going to be more of a death piece now. Marcus Peters is pretty good. But, he, again, he can have a down year. He's got, he, you know, if you're utilizing him right, he could be great. And then, you know, they just extended him, so who knows? Like, we've seen it happen before where he's had very good years and then very weird years. So, this team looks really good on the roster. My one question mark is, can you get all those DBs to play the level you got them to play at the end of last year? Because if you can, that's great. Uh, and again, if you can't, your pass rush is almost non-existent. Calais Campbell being the one addition that I think changes that quite a bit. But again, Pernomic fees a lot older. Calais Campbell has not been, you know, Calais Campbell of two years ago. He's still good, but he's not. At one point in time, this guy was literally the Hulk, if you will. So... That was the uh, the Ravens. I thought they had a great draft. I think it was very impressive. I am I'm excited to see this team play, even if you know, you, you know just just to watch you know players play games. Uh, overall, good draft. 
I do I but I actually don't know if they're really much better than they were last year, and that's really my one question mark. Um yes, Patrick Queen makes them a bit better. Dobbins, I think, makes them better. But other but it, I it, what you're really looking for is how much is the needle move, right? And my one question mark is is how much did the needle move for this team with these picks? Devin Duvernay is the one guy who I think actually might be the needle mover, right? Because they didn't have that kind. They they had like he can be the better version of Willie Sneed. That's why I really like him. Uh, J.K. Dobbins can be really good, but I don't think you're not getting like you don't already have that on the roster. I just like him because you're gonna have this. You're gonna have this guy for the next four years anyway. It's not you know Engram's gonna get older either way. So I don't think that makes you much better for the short term necessarily as like the next four years he makes you better. And I do think he's a really good player. So uh, outside of those guys, the, the the defense get a lot better. Well, honestly, I don't think Malik Harrison made you that much better. I think Patrick Queen could, but we see linebackers take a, a, a little bit of time to develop. So I think this is a good team. I think it's going to be the team to beat in the AFC North. But let's move on, shall we? And now let's talk about the Washington Snyder team, if you will, right? The uh, the team that that's down by D.C. that has a lot of fans down there uh, because this is the team of D.C., I guess, and they had to pick a weird-ass name. Uh, we don't have to make it too much about the name, but they can come up with better names in the name. I'm just telling you. There's, there's good names out there. I'm going to accidentally call it by the real name later on, but I just don't like using it too often. That's just me. Instead of making this political, let's move on. So about this, right? They uh, they have the second overall pick, right? And there was a lot of new, all oh, the rumors. They're going to trade down. And then it was like, no, they're not trading down. Ron Rivera basically said it like three weeks ago. He's like, no, we're not. Dude, what? Really? Really? No. No. Best pass rusher and like a generational level talent? No. 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 So they're just like, no, we're going to take, we're going to take the best pass rusher in the draft class. They're going to take Chase Young think this was a good move uh ron rivera made a point to say they are changing to a 4-3 front very ron rivera of him uh causes immediate disruption one of the the three big impact guys in this draft got an extra 15 minutes with him at the combine they were like you know what i really like this guy there's no way i can let this guy walk away so uh and, and uh by the way the other I, I i watched the ron rivera interviews and also uh part of the interviews was with uh it was with uh, KS, who I, I believe is Kyle Smith or Kevin Smith. or It's not Kevin Smith, I'll tell you that. I think it's Kyle Smith. Do I have the name here? Uh, I do not have his name here. Uh, KS, right? KS uh, says, you know, they talked to people around the school, and they said, listen, then, the way people talk about him, the way Urban Meyer talks about him, man, it's, he has such a good reputation. We're saying, we've seen this so far. Every, every t draft we talk about, right, it's about the reputation that these guys have with the schools. Uh, a lot of them because they don't get to really get to know them, so they have to ask. They have to be like, "Yo, what's up with this guy?" And they go, "You know what? Not for nothing. Chase Young, star, great dude. Actually, he'll go to the he'll go to the supermarket, pick up your groceries for you. You don't even have to ask. It's kind of weird. He did it to me like three times. He even picked up an extra pizza. I don't get it. Anyway, so uh, people would rant and rave about him, continue to go on about his growth and maturity. He's a perfectionist, a self starter." Uh, wired the right way. Now you're going to expect a lot of people to talk really well about you, but it was just kind of, it's a good thing, right? Uh, so, now let's just say, they made the right pick, great pick. I feel like this was kind of the pick that makes their draft because they didn't have a second round pick. They have the high third rounder. 
And as you can see I, I, from my demeanor and how I've talked about them, I don't think this is a great draft. Uh, they go with a Antonio Gibson at 66, um, Memphis running back, receiver, switch, army knife. Swiss army knife, not switch. Might be a switch, too. Uh, you know, they go, listen, he's got good hands. He's 228 pounds. He plays fast, runs fast. Uh, Kyle Smith, that's the name of the, the GM, Kyle Smith, not Kevin Smith. Uh, we'll, uh, not my favorite director, writer. Anyway, Coach Turner, Tur uh, you know, is uh, interested in him, using him. He's going to use him kind of similar how they utilize similar running backs in the past in Carolina. Uh, you know, can use him in conjunction with other running backs, kind of use him like a pass catcher out of the backfield, use him in the slot. He's going to be versatile, right? And this is the guy who was well-known for utilizing Christian McCaffrey the last two years. So good cluster of players willing to take at that spot. Uh, they talk about this guy's fit. They, you know, how they can, you know, move him around. You know, they he was moved around a bunch at the Senior Bowl. He's versatile. Reminds him of Curtis Samuel in skill set, a lot like Christian McCaffrey. Pl position flexibility. Um, yeah, I get that. I, I get that he's position flexible. I just think, especially because you knew you were trading away, because this is what we're going to talk about, Trent Williams for a fifth-round pick and a third-round pick. Well, maybe you didn't know the amounts you were trading away for, but you knew you were losing him. Well, what do you need to do? Uh, you need to kind of replace that loss, right? So uh, what did they do? Instead of going for like the, the left tackle that was on the board, Josh Jones, they went and drafted a running back Swiss Army Knife. Uh, as far as I know, they haven't really addressed it much more in free agency since they've traded Trent Williams. They did, on the other hand, draft Sadiq Charles out of LSU. Uh, he was suspended uh, for some mistake that he made in LSU. I don't want to go into his kind of his, his character background. Um, I'm telling you, this guy was a fourth rounder for a reason. He uh, they said he was a fourth rounder for a different reason. They said he was a fourth rounder because hey, listen, he's a personality question mark. That's why he fell in the fourth round. I think it's because he really wasn't that great of a pass blocker. Um, I watched the LSU games. I watched his tape. Uh, he was not that great of a tackle. I'm going to tell you right now. Like, And I, I thought he was okay. He's going to be – he's he's not good. He's going to be okay. Maybe you get him into a strength and conditioning program, get him a little bit more junk in the trunk. Maybe he fills out a little bit more, and maybe he develops. Because he does have good technique. So really it's about strength and power. And if you can get him a little bit of that, I think he can develop. But I really felt this is more a developmental guy. Um, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of Antonio Gibson at thirty uh, at sixty six because there was other players on the board I probably would have went with, but that's just me. Um, then they went with An Antonio Gandy Golden, a, a wide receiver, good play speed, can work the middle, physical. You know, makes physical blocks, has special teams value. Uh, then they drafted Keith Ishmael, another offensive lineman, but this guy's more of an interior guy. And they made a deal about, like, you know, he's guard center versatile. Well, yeah, okay. And they, yeah, we're going to cross train everybody. You know, Sadiq will cross train as well. I get it. I, I, you know, again, probably not even the best offensive lineman they could have gotten at that spot, but whatever. You're talking about fifth round picks. Uh, they went and got Khalid Hudson at uh, Michigan. You know, linebacker, they said, listen, man, this guy's good, playing in space, good good understanding of passing routes, good coverage guy. Uh, then they went ahead and went for uh, safety, Cameron Curl out of Arkansas, safety, but he started at corner. And then uh, they drafted Edge James Smith-Williams out of NC State. And they made a point to say, like, yeah, you got, he can play three-tech, he can play on the edge, he kind of can move around. Um, 
let's talk a little bit about the press conference. They also, tra- you know, like I said before, they trade away uh, Trent Williams for a fifth rounder and a third rounder. Rivera disclosed uh, that they were earlier on in the year offered the equivalent of a first round pick for Trent Williams. So it doesn't mean it was necessarily they were offered a first round pick. They said the equivalent, which is something I think is a, an important thing to note is that he didn't say first-round pick. They said equivalent of. So it means that he would probably offer a second-rounder and then another you know, player or a pick next year. And I'm guessing that was John Dorsey, former GM of the Cleveland Browns, because that sounds like something he would have done. Um, yeah, so a lot of what Ron Rivera and Kyle Smith made a point of was that they were happy that it was over that there was a lot of stress revolved around him being there, that it was a very stressful situation. It sounded like Kyle Smith just wanted it to be over with. Ron Rivera said he, uh, he wants people in there. He wants a sustainable winning culture. And part of that is attitude and building the culture around people who want to be there. And that's why they were saying, listen, we're going to start fresh. If he doesn't want to be here, get him out the door. Um, on the day three press conference, and by the way, I don't know what it is with Washington's press conferences. Maybe YouTube doesn't list them. But all their press conferences were on their website, which is fine, but they were hard to find and hard to really get a hold of, whereas a lot of these press conferences are super easy to get a hold of. Um, took me a little bit of finagling and finding them. Uh, you know, UDFA in uh, Thad Moss. Uh, I don't usually go into UDFAs. This guy was a guy who was expected to be drafted. Uh, a lot of them were tight ends, right? So injury-related, productive, had good hands, good ball skills. Um they, they mention position versatility as an importance for a lot of these players, right? Sadiq Charles, Ishmael, uh, you know, even with the, the, the seventh rounder that they took. Aw, uh, what's his name? Uh, James Smith-Williams. They, they mention, you know, him being able to play edge and free tech, right? Um, starting over every opportunity, to, uh, that giving people multiple opportunities to get on the field, trying to get guys on the field as much as possible. Uh, made so much of high emphasis on high character, right? Had Sadiq uh, cross the threshold. They, uh, you know, he had to be clean, finish the season. He was contrite about a mistake, you know, when it was all taken from, you know, he said, this is the the quote that I didn't care much for. When everything's taken from you, you want to go back and do it right. And he knew he was going to be on a short leash. That's a weird thing because that statement tells me that you were – you're upset that you got in trouble, that it was taken away from you, and you're upset about the punishment. I don't think that is contrition. I think of it as, and I probably still would be okay at personality-wise. Like you know, I I don't I don't have the full details on what happened with Sadiq. I I am usually a pretty like I just think it's a it was a weird thing that they addressed it, and this is a statement that they relied on, which is when it's all taken from you, you want to just go back and do it right, which is not really a sounding you know a resounding contrition statement that sounds like hey um i'm mad i got punished so i don't want to ever be punished again which that that's like my issue when people tell me that they don't lie because they're bad liars like uh you're you're why why are you telling me you're a bad liar are you setting it up anyway uh they spoke to him on zoom and then then you know again they were they discussed uh you know how you balance position versatility and they say listen that's what you do best right for instance, Sadiq's a left tackle, right? He's probably going to cross-train a guard, but he's most likely going to be the left tackle. Uh, if you know what the guy next to you is supposed to do, and this is why they like the cross-training and balance versatility, right? If you know what the guy next to you is going to do, it helps you understand and know how to do your job. I like that. That's a good Ron Riveraism. 
I think that's a good one. That's why I like Ron Rivera. He does coach really well. And the, the idea of cross-training players, having a lineup at different spots, getting to know the guy next to his job, I think that's great. I think that's great beyond just football. I think that's great for like when you're doing real jobs. This is what we learn, right? This is why I like doing these videos. We are learning a bit about team building, but not only that, stuff you could take to the outside world. That's an important one. I like that. It's kind of how I've always thought, which is, hey, like if you get a guy, if you can, if you can figure out the guy next to his job, it's not that you're going to be replacing him or doing two jobs. It's that you can understand what he's doing and you understand what he can and can't do, and thus you're not just like layering on his plate. For instance, uh, in the filmmaking industry, I don't know why I'm going so far off topic, but. You know, you get the, the editors and VFX people versus the guys who are doing the movies and the cameras and the stuff like that. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of times people are shooting outdoors and they're shooting movies. Uh, directors are doing stuff and then they, they say, oh, we'll fix it in post. And, you know, it happened with the Cats movie, right? We'll fix it in post. We, we won't use uh, capture suits. We won't use motion capture suits. We'll fix it in post. We'll have the post-production guys do it. And you don't realize it's a more arduous task. It's more laborious. Same thing here. Maybe if your guards cross-trained a tackle or your tackle cross-trained a guard, they know, oh, shit, man, this is why, like, I have to set up this way because if the guy bounces in this way, I'm going to go ahead, you know, my guy's going to get fucked. Or, oh, wait a second, I actually don't have to set that far. I don't have to set that close. Like, it gives you a couple of options. It gives you that. I like it. It's a good team-building thought process. Uh, I like it. It's, uh, that's all I'm saying. Uh, if you, you know... Ron Rivera made a point about personality. He's like, listen, man, you guys can keep your personality. It'd be who you are as long. You know, that's amazing. You know, he was really talking about Chase dropping a, a soundtrack uh, on, on somebody else's album. So he wants you to keep your personality as long as you're good at playing, right? Uh, you know, they talked about the devaluing of Trent Williams again, you know, the delay of time, the benefit of not talking about it. Um, and guys with a year left, you know, they're going to wait and see before extending them. This was, uh, this was one of the things I thought was important. Guys who had a year left, right? Quentin Dunbar, they traded him away. Guys who have a year left, they're either, you know, if you're, you're buying into the system, they're not going to extend you. They're going to wait till the year is over because they want to see how you uh, you click with the coaching staff. With Dunbar, he had a year left. He wanted an extension. They said, you know what? Do you want to be here or not? He said, no, I want to go somewhere else, and they sent him somewhere else. Again, another one of those things of they want guys there who want to be there, and they will find other guys to come in if you don't want to be there. And it, they will not extend anybody. That was the thing with the Dunbar thing is they would not extend anybody if until uh, next year if you have one year left on your deal because they were saying, listen, like we want our guys to get to know them. If they want to bring in different people, why should we be extending them now? Um, and they also said their board was very accurate, how the board fell, except for like maybe a couple of picks. As they go through their picks, usually the one guy about – above the rest of the board, so it helped make their decisions. So there wasn't any conflict in the room, right? Like, they all had uh, Gandy Golden uh, at the certain spot where he was taken. They all had Sadiq Charles above, like, whatever guys were on their board when they fell to Sadiq Charles. So they always had a, uh, a, a like, they didn't really have a conflict. There wasn't two guys on the board where they had to have a big debate about it because they kind of went in there with their board ready to go. And the way the board fell out, there was always just one guy on top. So uh, apparently... Uh, you know, KS and RR worked well together, and they, their processes worked. What does this mean for this team going into 2020, right? Uh, you know, you're getting a different system. Uh, you're, you're getting a, a whole new coaching staff. You, got, you traded for uh, Kyle Allen. You still have Alex Smith on the roster. Dwayne Haskins, you really don't know what he brings to the table. 
Uh, you have Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson on the roster. You signed J.D. McKissick in free agency. Uh, you still have Terry McLaurin, one of my favorite players. Liked him. Didn't want, want him to go there when he got drafted just because I wanted him to go somewhere else. I don't know. I, I But, again, turned into a great player. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Washington. I'm happy that that team has this great player. Uh, Steve Sims Jr., Kelvin Harmon, Jeremy Sprinkle. Uh, not uh, Outside of Terry McLaurin, it still doesn't seem like they got a really a lot of weapons. You know, Antonio Gandy-Golden, all right. Maybe he turns into something. Uh, they still have Trey Quinn. They signed Cody Latimer. Uh, Kelvin Harmon, I like him. Big, slow dude, um, but good contested catch guy. I, the only problem is is that Dwayne Haskins probably needs better protection around him, right? That was what he was having problems with last year. It's gotten worse, not better. You know, Donald Penn was not horrible compared to this. You know, I, I really don't think Sadiq Charles is going to be what you want at left tackle going forward. Uh, they do have Jerron Christian Sr., who's currently pegged on their roster to be the, the left tackle. They have Wes Schweitzer at left guard, Chase Roulier at center, Brandon Scherf at right guard, Morgan Moses at right tackle. So the right side of the line I like. Moses and Scherf are good. Uh, Roulier is okay. Schweitzer, you're now starting to go to a little bit lower end of the line, and now basically left tackle's a, a big free-for-all, if you will. Um Jeremy Sprinkle, we saw him pop up a couple of times last year. You're hoping he develops and becomes your new, you know, true tight end. If not, you got to find somebody else. Uh, then, uh, you know, again, offensively, I'm a little worried, right? Um, I like Darius Geis. I like half this offensive line. I like Terry McLaurin. There's not a lot else there that makes me excited about this offense, right? I think it's still going to be a struggling offense, but you never know. Kyle Allen made that made some pretty ridiculous things happen when he was down in Carolina. So there's quite the opportunity for potentially him to take over, especially because, you know, Smith's still injured. You know, you're seeing all the documentary about him and his leg. Um, there's questions whether he's going to play this year. Uh, Haskins, you know, again, questions as far as his development and ability and also the ability to learn the, the offense. Going into a new offense, Kyle Allen has the benefit that he was in this offense for two years. So, that's why I already mentioned Kyle Allen because I honestly think, you know, especially with COVID and everything, he's got a huge advantage walking into the room. So let's look at the defense, right? I like this D-line. You know, for everything the offense is missing, the D-line is fucking sweet. They got Ryan Kerrigan, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, My Matt Ioannidis, Caleb Brantley. Dude, that's seven guys who probably could start on anybody else's line at some spot or whatever, you know. First-round pick Montez Sweat. First-round pick Jonathan Allen. First-round pick Chase Young. First-round pick Deron Payne. Caleb Brantley, when he came out, you know, he fell like the fifth or sixth round, went to the Browns when they drafted him because, you know, they kind of vetted the situation a little bit. But, again, people were talking about him very high. Matt Ioannidis has been a stalwart on that D-line as well. So, again, they have a lot of good players on that D-line. Uh, Thomas Davis Sr., they took in, you know, he's got a, a little bit older guy, just got released from the Chargers. You know, but he's been with Rivera forever, so he's going to help build up that linebacking core, help build up the defense, kind of get everybody in the spots, right? General the defense. Kind of like that. Kind of like this mentality, right? John Bostic, he's played okay. Ruben Foster, they turned down his fifth-year option, but still a good player when he gets on the field. Maybe you get to see if he's really the, the Ruben Foster of what you were expecting when you, you pulled him off of waivers. So, again, hopefully he recovers from his ACL and comes back at full strength. 
They signed Kendall Fuller in free agency, the same Kendall Fuller who they traded so they can get Alex Smith, who's still on the roster as well. Landon Collins, like Landon Collins, uh, former Giant, big, strong safety, good tackler, sure-handed guy. Uh, Troy Apke is kind of like the guy penciling at free safety. I'm kind of interested in that. Good athlete, man. He blew up the combine. Um, not entirely sure how they want to play him at free safety. If not, they might utilize uh, Kendall Fuller at free safety, play Jimmy Moreland in the slot. They got Fabian Moreau. He's played pretty decent. They did sign Ronald Darby. Darby can be a good player for them as well. Darby will probably end up actually starting at one of those spots. So maybe it'll be like Moreau, Kendall Fuller, Darby, and then I think uh, who else is on that? Yeah, that might be the three guys I think are your starters at corner. Uh, Troy Apke, I'm – I'm curious. I think this guy has a lot of athletic potential, so I'm really interested in seeing what he develops into. Jimmy Moreland, good slot guy. Again, another guy who might be able to kick in uh, and then play Darby and Fabian Moreau on the outside, play Kendall Fuller at free safety. There, you have a lot of pieces there. And Fuller played free safety when he was with the Chiefs a little bit. So there's a lot of interesting pieces. I like the defense. I'm uh, curious about the offense. I, you know, I don't think they have all the pieces that they had when they were with uh, Carolina. You don't have a DJ Moore. You don't have every piece that's there, and you also don't have you know Cam Newton. You do have Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, though, is not really a great starter. Um, I do think he ends up starting the year just because he knows the playbook, and then eventually they do move to Dwayne Haskins eventually. And that's it. That's the Washington team. I was not a huge fan of the draft. I didn't hate it. I, uh, I mean, again, you got Chase Young. That pick helps you out a lot. Outside of him. Uh, I think the pieces that are building up your defense are already there. You made it, you know, signed it in free agency with Darby or they were or, or uh, Fuller, or there were pieces that were already on your roster like Moreau. Um, the defense I like. I think there's a lot of potential with this defense. I think this defense is gonna have to carry this team. Offensively, I have a lot of questions. Right, half the offensive line is pretty decent. The other half got question marks. Uh, Sprinkle, I want to see him develop. Uh, Terry McLaurin, man, it's gonna be you, buddy. I wish they got a, you know, I, w- I wish I was higher on the receiver that they got for him, but as far as a running mate, uh, not that I'm saying Golden's not good, but I felt like, especially in this draft, I thought there was going to be at least somebody else there. And also, it's how the draft fell. Keep in mind, this draft did not fall perfectly to what favors uh, Washington, except for the fact there was a tackle there at 66 that I think I actually would have preferred. Uh, but again, you know what? It. That's what they, you know, maybe they didn't like the interview, whatever it is. Uh, we saw what they they liked, right? We saw the, some of the versatility building, team building, character building uh, mentality that they have, and I like a lot of it. No more Bruce Allen anymore. You don't have the guy who's being, you know, taking stuff to the doghouse and being personal with stuff. Um, you have Smith who's going to kind of run things in a general manner and be be a cordial guy who seems to be getting along with Ron Rivera really well. You have Ron Rivera running everything and. I think who has a good, at least a good hand on coaching. I think he's a really good coach. You're not going to be drafting in the top two next year, I don't think, if Ron Rivera is your coach. Uh, the only problem is you might go 8-8, eight and eight, but with this roster, 8-8, eight and eight, you know, again, I think it comes down to the receivers. I think it comes down to the offense. Uh, defense, I think are, this defense is going to be fun. I think this is going to be a good defense. So, uh, if you want, follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at Brojo Death Punch. That's B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch, like that delicious drink. There's a whole list of these episodes out now. There's probably, you know, I've done two 
at a time minus the one out with the Eagles. So there's going to be a whole list of them. Playlists should be here somewhere, or it's going to also be in the show notes. We have a whole bunch of teams, everybody. Go ahead, check it out. Uh, and then uh, TTFN, so that's all for now. Oh, like, like, leave a comment, leave a review. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, happy Mother's Day. I, I, I might be back on before Mother's Day, but anyway. Uh, I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass, I'm about to 